Welcome back to the Final Word Podcast, a Pathfinder adventure. This week we are trying something different, and as such, this intro will be a little different too. One of the most important aspects, at least to our group, of a role-playing game is a good character concept. There are many parts that go into this. Of course, the mechanics of the character are very important. However, there is one often overlooked aspect of a good character that I'm going to discuss today. When you think of an actor preparing for a role, I'm sure one thing that comes to mind is the phrase, What is my motivation? Many times, in movies and TV, this line is used for comedic purposes, but it has merit. Without understanding where a character comes from, it is very hard to properly portray them. That is why a good character background is essential to a well-rounded character. I'm sure that there are some players out there that scoff at this idea, but I don't care. If you want to play a flat character that is nothing more than a set of abilities, a tabletop RPG is not for you. In a game like Pathfinder, you are being like that actor, trying to get into the skin and the mind of that character you are representing. But how does that character talk? How are they around strangers? Are they religious? What is their perception of the world around them? If you look at the character as nothing more than the character sheet, you're going to have a real tough time answering these questions. And while it is true that the answers to these questions will not help you defeat a monster, they will make the adventure more fun and fulfilling for all involved. A good background, at least in my opinion, is made up of many things. And creating a good background can be difficult. There are many resources out there that can help you to do this. Paizo published one such resource called Ultimate Campaign. They have you answer several questions regarding the character's early life, adolescence, and adulthood. They even give you tables so that you could randomly generate these details if you have no clue. These different questions also give you suggestions for traits that the character could use. A trait is a mechanical device in the game that gives a character a small advantage based on some part of their background. This book has you creating a background after the rest of the character is created. However, some players like to start with a rough, or sometimes thorough outline, of what they want the character to be like, and then fits the mechanics into this outline, assigning ability scores, race, class, feats, what have you, to fit the story. This will not create the uber character that can take down anyone with a single blow. However, it will create a character that makes sense and is easier and more fun to roleplay. As a GM, I find a character backstory to be very important. With a good backstory, a good GM, and maybe me as well, can personalize the story for the characters. In our campaign, I decided to use background skills to try and help incorporate the backstories into the pre-written adventure more organically. However, that will likely not be the end of the personalization these characters will see. And now for something completely different. I offer up to you a taste of what a good backstory can be. Without further ado, on to episode 6, Epirus, Heads or Tails. Sound of waves barely crashes in the, in the distance. A light wind blows through the flowers of the Petals District. The floral aroma is almost intoxicating, and we see a young girl with dark hair 
picking a lily and securing it into her plum hair. Epirus, you're needed at home. Your mother needs you to join her at the council today. <sighs> I'm going to roll my eyes up and see the sky overhead. Why do I always need to go? She's on the high council, not me. Can't I just stay with you? I promise I won't be in the way. You know I want nothing more than to explore the grounds with you, but I have been called to a meeting with the Rothos of House Vestile. I can't ignore the orders of my captain. You know that. I'll tell you what. I'll take you on an adventure when I return home, but only if you've been good for your mother. An adventure outside the district? Now, now, let's not get carried away, Epirus. We will go on an exciting outing in our district. Okay, uh, I guess I'm gonna turn and head home. The shadow of a large, grand building looms over you. You run up the stairs and throw open the door. The grand staircase inside beckons you onwards. You climb towards the partially open door at the top. The smell of a fragrant, almost pungent perfume wafts from the room. Do I hear anybody inside? Uh, yeah, you hear someone at the desk uh, scratching away as if writing. Okay, I'm going to peek in and kind of push the door open slightly. Epirus, you're late. Sorry, Mom. I was outside visiting with all of my friends. Sorry. Did I say friends? I meant flowers. Oh, Epirus, stop your complaining. You know why we keep you here. It's to keep you safe. You have had a target on your back since the day you were born. Now, I know you don't like it, and I don't like it either, but it's just the way it is. My place on the Grand Council will always be coveted by others, and you are the next in line. You must understand my need to protect you. Yeah, Mom, I get it. You're on the Grand Council, so I have to suffer for it. I'm going to leave and just go down to my room and slam the door. The sound of whispering trees and a soft hooting owl awakens you from your sleep. The cold seems to get to you a little bit more than it normally does. But something seems off. Despite the whispering trees and the owl outside, it just seems a little too quiet. Okay, I'm going to sit up in my bed and look around the room. It's the middle of the night. Uh, you're not seeing much. Uh, moonlight is pouring through one of your windows. Um, nothing seems amiss, but you do have an odd feeling. Okay, uh, I'm going to get out of bed and slowly open my door. Thanks to the skylights, uh, there's plenty of, of light uh, from the full moon pouring through. Um, again, nothing seems amiss from what you can tell, and there's no sounds at all in this part of the house. Okay, I'm gonna try and like tiptoe down the hall to my parents' room. Um, and I'm gonna kind of quietly push the door open so I don't wake them. A door opens silently. Uh, you look in and by the little light that there is coming in, you see that the bed is a mess. Um, the covers are thrown back haphazardly. 
but your parents aren't there. Okay. Does it look like their other possessions are still there? For the most part, yeah. I guess I'll go, I'll leave and I'll go downstairs um, and go to my dad's study. Uh, you walk down the stairs. Again, the silence is almost deafening. The usual hubbub of the house is completely gone. You walk into your dad's study, which the door is is already open, which is quite unusual. Uh, okay, I'm going to just walk in. Um, is it dark? Can I see? Um, luckily, the some of the windows on the side are, are letting in some of the moonlight, so it, it's pretty bright in here. Okay, but there's no one in there. There's no one in there. It's okay. empty. I'm just going to say kind of to the house, Dad? Mom? Do I hear anything? The only thing that answers you back is a very foreboding silence. I guess I'm going to walk up to his desk and see if there's anything kind of there that catches my eye. The moonlight seems to surround a single page that is gently fluttering, kind of calling out to you. Uh, I'm... I'll pick it up and look at it. The writing resembles that of your father, but was definitely written in a hurried fashion, and it's on his stationery. Okay, I'll read it. My darling Epirus, the world you see is beautiful and warm, but if you look deeper, you will see a hunger for power. You cannot trust anyone. Your status is a target, and those around you will try to take it at any cost. To save you, your mother and I have gone into hiding. You must gather what you need and leave. Be safe, my love, and know that we will find you. After hearing that, what's going through your mind? I am I guess I'm kind of shocked, first off, that my parents would kind of just leave me. I mean, honestly, I, I would say I feel abandoned and hurt, but I don't know that I'm processing that yet. But I guess the the urgency in the handwriting and just hearing my dad's voice as I'm reading it makes me really focus on the gather what you need and leave part. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to go to the wall. And I know in the past there's always been a kind of a fair family heirloom sword on the wall. I'm going to go and grab that if I can and, and take that with me. You see it there. It, the moonlight is glinting off of the blade. It's definitely been kept in good condition uh it's not bolted on so you're able to easily pull it off but because of the weight it does pull you down a little bit um it's it's a bit much for a young girl to carry okay i'm gonna take that and i'm gonna go um back up into my mother's room and get one of her traveling cloaks and i'm gonna look for one that's um not too flashy so it doesn't really cause me to stand out and then I'm going to go back to my room and just grab a, like a, a sketch that was done of my family so I have it to, to kind of hold on to. Well, Epirus, what do you say? Huh? huh? What? Uh, I look up. Uh, you see Zornia staring at you curiously. Uh, she seems to notice that you haven't quite been there. The crashing waves kind of drag you back to, to the distant memories. I'd asked, what brings you to Aslan? I'm looking to learn more about the ancient Aslanti civilization. It's just so fascinating, don't you think? 
Yeah, uh, I told you. I was hired to protect you. There's not much more to know. Your hand goes into your pockets and jingles a few pieces of gold that are sitting in there. And the waves continue to crash on the bow of the Peregrine. The ship begins to dissolve around you, but the sound of gold just keeps ringing louder and louder in your ear. Hey you, girl, get out of the way. You jump aside as a member of the token guard races past. What did we do this time? We haven't done anything wrong. Stop. Help us. Hey, hey, you over there, I help promise. us. I didn't mean help. to. Help. What is, what? <laughs> Take them away. That'll teach you for messing with me and my keep. There's three for the job and an extra to keep you friendly. Oh, thank you kindly. You didn't need that extra piece in there. The three was plenty. What were they doing this time? They were just keeping my customers away. I just have a business to run and they're in the way. Yeah, I hear you there. I see these homeless beggars all over the place. Well, as long as you do your job, you'll get paid for it. Just let me know if you ever need this service again. Oh, it'll happen again. This lot never goes away. Okay, I'm going to turn um, away from that entire incident uh, and head in the opposite direction. You've become familiar enough with the streets of the coin district by now to know that everyone here can be bought. The gold in your pocket tugs at your cloak as you walk swiftly away, glancing back to make sure that you're walking alone. Okay, I'm going to take out uh, my most recent earnings, and I'm just going to grab a single coin and flip it into the air. And I'm going to call out, heads. The face of the coin stares back at you. Just kind of smirking, I'm going to turn and run into the shadowy like alley beside me. Uh, the hilt of your greatsword comforts you. Uh, as you focus on the tall building at the end of the alley. Do I see any windows on the building? A ways up, there's definitely a window. Okay, I'm, can I climb up to the window? Yeah, there's vines on the outside and, and um, lattice work that you can definitely get footholds easily enough. Okay. I'm just going to glance back again to make sure no one sees me. Um, and it's, it's dark in the alley? Yes. Okay, I'm going to climb up to the window and kind of peek in to see, make sure it's no one's in there, that it's dark. The window at the top has a dark curtain covering it. Now you push it to the side and it's dark inside. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna try as quietly as I can to crawl in through the window. I'm gonna take um, my greatsword out of its sheath and kind of have it up and ready. Is that you, Jansa? It's taken you long enough. Get in here and let me see all of you. All right, I'm going to kind of swiftly walk into the next room and have my sword up over my shoulder, kind of ready to strike. Um, and as I'm walking, I'm going to say kind of like a silent prayer to Ruop Saris and just thank him for um, the strength that he's bestowed on me. And when I go in, what do I see? You see a very disturbing looking man larger man laying in bed quite exposed he has covers over his his lower area but his stomach and his chest completely bare 
with a giant surprise on his face because you are not Jansa. Okay, I'm going to um, just kind of walk right over and I'm going to kind of do like a spin and slice his stomach open with my great sword and honestly just let him bleed out. Well, the dance lasts only a few moments, but it was beautiful uh, for what it was. Um, I'm just going to take a piece of the cloth from the, the sheet that was covering him and cut it. And I'm going to wipe it along the edge of the blade to soak up all the warm red liquid. You're welcome, Jonsa. A young girl slowly enters the room with her head uh, hanging down. Thank you, Scarlet Promise. Thank you so much. And uh, she hands you a single gold piece. Okay, I'm going to just kind of nod in her direction and walk back towards the window. I'm going to kind of glance back at Jansa and just say, count to ten. And I'm going to start climbing out the window and back down to the alley. One, two, three, four. And um, when I get to the end of the alley, I'm just going to kind of turn and join the flow of traffic on the streets. Ten. As you're walking through the street, go ahead and roll a perception check. That would be... That would be a twelve. You feel a bump against you, but don't think anything of it. A little ways down, you do feel that your pocket seems to have something in it that you couldn't remember before. Okay, I'm going to um, reach my hand into my pocket and feel like the gold piece is in there and I'm assuming I find something else potentially. Yeah, your gold pieces are still there uh, and along with them is a, a slip of paper that you know was not there before. I'm going to take out the small note and read it. Your name continues to be whispered, Scarlet Promise, but I can only believe in ghost stories for so long. The boat leaves soon, with or without you. However, know that I can pay well and will give you the opportunity to escape from whatever it is that is keeping you there. I've heard you are a force to be reckoned with, and frankly, that's all I need from you. Bring your sword, and I'll bring the gold. Ramona. I'm going to put the piece of paper back in my pocket um, and grab out one of the gold coins and kind of say to myself, tails I stay, heads I go, and toss it up in the air. The face on the coin stares back at you, making the decision for you. Okay, I'm going to um, kind of look toward the pier and then glance back the direction I came. And before I go to the pier, I'm actually going to go back to where those people got arrested. Do I still see that guard member there? Okay, you see him there. Uh, he's leaning against the innkeeper's inn, uh, an apple in one hand, slowly chewing on it, looking around the, the square, seeming very cocky and full of himself. I'm just going to um, brush my hair back and confidently stride toward him. Um, and when I get up to him, I'm just going to put my hand on his arm and lean in and say, I've heard you're able to take care of a problem for the right price. 
true, what were you thinking? Well, I'd rather not discuss it here. Um, do you mind? And I'm just going to see if I can kind of persuade him to come with me into like an alleyway if there is one. Yeah, right. Uh, he's near the corner of uh, the inn and about 10 feet away, there is a gap between the buildings that uh, does not seem very used. Okay, I'm just going to see if I can like, you know, I'm going to lead him into that alley. Ladies first. Um, and when we get into the alleyway, do I see anybody in there with us? You two are completely alone. Okay, I'm just going to turn toward him and take out a piece of gold from my cloak and go to hand it to him. But as I do, I'm going to use like a fire element and so that it kind of brands the, col- the gold into his hand and at the same time try and cut him with my greatsword. So you draw your, your greatsword uh, as he's screaming in pain from the, from the burning hot coin that you thrust into his hand. Bent over, you take your sword out, you slash down on him, hitting him right at the shoulder between uh, his neck and his shoulder, and he is down immediately, blood shooting from his neck. You know that he won't last long. I'm just going to take my hand and kind of smother him so that he doesn't scream um, and alert other people. And um, I'm going to see if I can grab the gold that the innkeep had given him and clean my sword off on his clothes and walk out of the alley and head toward the pier. As you walk out of the alley, you notice that uh, there are plenty of eyes that spot you. Uh, His scream when he had grabbed the hot coin definitely did not go unnoticed. The people that spot you give you a quick smirk and walk off. I'm just going to take the hood of my cloak and put it up over my head and put the, the gold that I just grabbed into my pocket and walk to the pier.